Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FAM, Friends and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everybody calls me Brasky, and as always, I'm joined by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, FAM? Hello. How you doing? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Look at that. We did it in order in succession. This is already off to a better start than last week. I, I have a good feeling about this podcast, everybody. I feel personally attacked. I had a lot of fun last week, so we'll have to top that. No, whatever it's personal attacks or feeling great about this intro, it's going to be a great podcast one way or another because it's another weekend. Another weekend of uh, the throne of Eldraine being out. A lot of people doing a lot of things. Some of it's magic. Some of it is magic. Some of it is not magic. But regardless, how has your week been, y'all? Caroline, how? let's start with you. How has your week been uh, in magic or maybe not playing magic? I've played a small amount of magic on Arena. Um this weekend, it was actually quite a new experience for me. I went to a board game convention. Uh, it was local, but I re- I went with people that for, were from out of town. Uh, it was actually quite a big convention, at least for our side of Canada. It was called Shucks. It was put up uh, put on by Shut Up and Sit Down, which is a YouTube channel that reviews board games, I think. <laughs> um, I had a great time. I did discover that while I can play magic for 14 hours a day at a magic fest, I don't know if I can do it as much with board games. I do have a funny story about board games, if anyone's interested. Please. I love stories. Uh, So one of my friends, uh, John Stern, was at this board game convention with me. And one of the bonus deals of this convention was something called a math trade, uh, which is a very simple or sorry, a very complicated way to trade board games amongst friends or amongst organizers, I guess. Uh, and basically you list all the games you want to trade, then people go on the internet and kind of say, oh, I want this game, I want this game. And the computer does a bunch of calculations and it decides who to trade your games with. You always do one exchange. So I give game A to a person and then I get game B from someone else. So it's I'm always doing one exchange, but I'm getting through different people. And this matters because my friend John uh, uh, put up a game called Concept that was actually missing pieces. And he wrote on the description, missing two pieces. Uh, And somehow in the exchange, he ended up getting back a copy of Concept. Uh, But this this copy was actually not damaged in any way. And this actually breaks the rules. It's called arbitrage. You're not really supposed to trade like that. So he actually emailed everyone. He's like, I did this. I'm sorry. And everyone said it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. The only thing, the reason why this story is funny is at the very end of the day, he had one last trade to do, and that was to get his copy of Concept. He'd already given away all his games. He traded like 25. It was a lot. Everyone was already done. He was the last trade of the whole thing. And he get, the guy shows up, and he looks a little like out of breath. Like, hey, sorry I'm late. On my way here, I fell, and my board games fell in a puddle. So here's your copy of Concept. It's now completely water damaged. <laughs> and this is great because John was trying to, or accidentally traded up into a new game. And now he actually traded way down <laughs> into a very damaged version of his game that he's very sad about. But it's very funny. So 
that's my story. I need uh, to figure out if I can get into a group of that size and bring board games in and just play with them. I'm just going to grab something that's like a really old, dusty game. I'll go over to my parents' house and find something that they haven't played, like a really vintage version of Monopoly that's missing missing a bunch of pieces. Show up at that (laughs) thing and just be like, no, this is a rare collector's item. That's all I'm going to do. Well, they do it all ahead of time. It's all done. It's all calculated on a computer program. The actual exchange only happens in person on the day of the event. Interesting. It's fascinating. People love their board games, I'm just going to say. Absolutely. People absolutely love their board games. They love everything uh, that when it comes to uh, hobbies, and hobbies are fun, and that's what we enjoy. What else has folks enjoyed? Eric, what have you enjoyed this past week? Well, anyone that knows me knows that I don't really do anything besides play Magic. So I did that. I played Magic. Um, I'm testing four. MC in Richmond, which comes up in about a month. And I haven't played limited in roughly three years because I've been traveling on the SCG circuit. And when you play the SCG, you don't play limited. So learning how to do that again is something that I've been working on. Um, Also trying to still figure out this new standard, see if there's anything that you can play that's not just Golos. Um, Been playing around with uh, throwing a bunch of cats into the graveyard and then having them come back, eat food. That's been a lot of fun. Um, But unfortunately... A lot of that has been hindered by my dead motherboard. Um, so I got a new one that just came in the, uh, the mail today, and hopefully I'll be back to playing a ton of Magic tomorrow. Crossing the fingers for you on that one. It is never – it's it's always the thing when it's just something else prevents you from doing the thing you want to do. It's never like – it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, and all of a sudden you just realize, oh, this one tiny thing is preventing me from doing any of the stuff I planned on doing today. And so I'm glad you got your motherboard. I hope things work out for you. Sean, I think things have been working out for you a little bit on the Magic scene. What have you been doing? Yeah, so we I just got back from Philly the other day. You know, flew in Monday night. Shout out to Joe and Steph. Great teammates. Had a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, main event did not go as well as we had hoped. Uh, we did not 15-0 the event. Um, so that was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, we got some good food Saturday night. Got a couple drinks. But then we came back Sunday, played some Modern. I played the Voted Druid. That went really well. It was a nine-round tournament, went 6-3. So that was a good way to end the weekend. Played at the casino. That was pretty dope. Joe did all right, and then we came back home. Didn't really do too much other than just play Modern on Sunday, but it was a good weekend overall. You know, we had a lot of fun, saw a lot of people. Talked to uh, Jerry Thompson. Shout out to him. He's a cool dude. Um, I've only talked to him in person a couple of times, but overall it was a really good weekend. I so think, I'm excited. I think that's what people are, are going to be doing once they start, uh, when, when this podcast really starts catching off people. Is their, their objective is to get a shout out from Sean Gallagher. That's what it's going to be. If they get a shout out from Sean Gallagher, they will be feeling like, oh, they are on top of the world. I'll call out people by name if that's what they want. I'm okay with that. Uh, I love it. I love every part of it. Me, I, I have spent the past week, uh, when I can, uh, enjoying sealed and kind of digging my toes into that learning all the the differences and uh the style of limited formats because i'm usually i like to play draft and draft and more draft after that so to jump into the sealed side of things was really uh, uh a lot of fun for me and i'll probably have a lot more to talk about it in a little bit less uh a little bit later on in the podcast and interestingly enough uh something that we kind of see is the throne of eldraine meta shaping up and hopefully some cards shipping out at some point uh but before we talk about uh, any cards shipping out we need to talk about how this meta is uh is coming to pass and there seems to be one deck that's just kind of ruling over everything eric talk a little bit about the throne of eldraine standard uh so far i mean 
we've got to see a lot of different decks, but the one that is kind of at the top right now is the Golas Field of Dead decks. Um, for those that haven't seen it yet, it basically gets a ton of lands into play, um, hopefully all with different names. And if Field of the Dead is the seventh land to come into play, or you get seven with different names, you start making 2-2 zombies, and you can just make a huge army of these 2-2 zombies. And then it just kind of like compiles after that with more Goloses and uh, more Field of the Deads in play. And then a lot of the metagame is shaping around that because people are trying to either make their Golos decks to be able to fight other Golos decks or trying to like kill the Golos decks without having to deal with like ground combat. Um, this last weekend we had SCG Philly and seven out of the top eight decks were the SCG Philly, or sorry, were the Golos decks. Um, and we also had a Mox this weekend and they posted all of the decks that had at least a winning record. And of those decks, roughly half of them were also the Golos Bant. They call it Bant Lands on MTG Goldfish. Uh, but those are the Golos decks. Yeah, I mean, that the it's so interesting to see people really, really now targeting this deck and still not being able to completely fully beat the thing. And you can kind of just see it's it's also kind of a negative in the fact that you know, we've had this rotation and we have a brand new set that comes out and it feels like a lot of cards from the past rotation are still defining the meta in a lot of ways. We go to, we, you know, people might not get a chance to test out all the things they've wanted to test out. And that can be a little bit of a bummer, which, you know, for some people, they see it as a bummer. Other people, they see it as a challenge. Um, Sean, something tells me you're someone who more sees it as a challenge because you were trying to do anything in your power to beat this Golos deck or at least find some deck that could be competitive uh, using some really fun matches. Yeah, so after Sunday got over uh, in Philly, we had seen the top eight results, seven of eight being Golos. We are not very excited to be playing Golos Mirror, so Joe and I at the bar, a couple drinks were had. We're scrolling through Gatherer and just found some cool magic cards and we came across Thousand Year Storm, remembering that, man, it's two in the morning. This card has to be busted, right? So we grabbed a bunch of cool cards that go with it and we end up with 52 cards and eight lands um, on Sunday night. And then we woke up Monday morning and we put together a deck that resembled a Storm deck in Standard. Um, we played it on the ladder it actually won a couple matches. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Carolina, I can see her shaking her head in the background. I'm not sure if the deck's real yet, but we did win two of three games in some of our matches. So we won matches, and that's all I can say about the deck. It was really cool because multiple people didn't know what was going on, and we were able to uh, expansion explosion people. I think I killed someone for like 160 damage at one point. So that was pretty exciting. Okay, hold on. I'm holding my tongue, but I know that against Sparky. I have screenshots to prove it. <laughs> yeah, but we also played it on ladder in the airport. After you gave me crap for it, we also played it in the ladder in like brought in uh, not brought in Golden Plat, and we realized we could still win games. We also had a couple games where we got to uh, Narset's reversal, our opponent's circuitous roots. So that was pretty cool. That I'm was just nice saying, sideboard tech. I woke up to a screenshot of like <laughs> the the quote was like, "There's three explosion for X20 in, on the stack," and we're like, "Wow, that's so cool!" And I click on the thing, and in the top right, top left corner, half cut off, 
is the word sparky, and I called you on your <laughs> over excitement. Wow, sparky is a valiant uh, competitor. <laughs> hey, we had I, multiple. There was like a one one in play. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Well, that was because we killed all their stuff with our thousand-year storm. Exactly. I think the best meta tester is just to make up a deck, go against Sparky, and then I think from there, uh, question marks, and then profit. You know, that's exactly See, how it's supposed to work. Brassy's on I my was side. I to stay so <laughs> quiet and reserved. When you pulled out the number 142, I wanted to call you on over excitement. Well, I know that there's a bunch of excitement that's going around. Uh, a certain announcement that Magic the Gathering is going to make. The announcement came on Monday, on a Monday, and uh, in that they essentially said, well, here's our banned and restricted announcement. There is no announcement. See you in November. Um, and so there was a lot of people, some of them surprised, most not surprised, thing, saying, you know, hey, you know, Golos and some things happening in Modern as well. Just people going back and forth saying, well, they probably need more data. But uh, the interesting thing is, is that with the dawning of Magic Arena, that data comes Pretty quickly. And so we saw today, this being uh, October 9th, another announcement that basically said, we previously announced the next BNR date as November 18th, and after further reflection on the very busy competitive gaming schedule and discussion on implementation windows with our digital teams, we are shifting that announcement to October 21st. So almost a full month, essentially from saying that, uh, hey, we aren't going to make any bannings, and then just a couple days later saying, uh, actually, uh, get back to us in a couple weeks. Um seems like kind of a big deal wouldn't wouldn't that be right caroline um i think it is a big deal in the sense that it is very unusual for them to well it's not unusual for them to make an announcement about it of an announcement that's a meme that's already been used a lot but it is unusual for them to acknowledge <laughs> the feelings of the internet and that is the feelings like maybe there was supposed to be a banning um but also now take the time, in this case, two weeks from now, uh, to decide what are we doing with this knowledge. In the past, there's been two kind of paths. One, they just wait till an announcement from famous bands like Eldrazi Winter. They just kind of waited it out until the announcement, and then they just banned whatever card was, was oppressive. Um, and other paths they've done, they've also, or sorry, they've uh, taken data that's from two or three days of playing, and banned a card immediately, an emergency ban. This was uh, Felidar Guardian. Uh, it was part of a, a combo in Standard that was quite uh, hard to interact with. So there's kind of two options. They've either let it ride it out or ban it right away. And this is a very interesting middle ground. Um, the next couple months in competitive magic is pretty interesting. There is a, an MC on Arena in two weeks, uh, not this weekend, but the following, uh, which will be right before this announcement. Then there's a paper. Uh, MC a couple weeks from then in November, November uh, 8th through 10th of November. I said that. <laughs> um, and there's a f another Arena MC, I want to say later, I think it's early December. I think it's like the first week in December. So three major events. And to moving this announcement really says that they are aware of standard. And as you mentioned, you know, Arena has made everyone, including Wizards, more aware of, of how quickly things are changing. Um, and I don't want to put my eggs in the one basket and say that Golos is for sure going to bend or something from that deck, whether it's Field of the Dead, Securitas Root, <laughs> I don't know. But I want to say that it's 
very interesting for them to acknowledge that things are rocky right now, but take the time to make a decision. There's, they could not make an emergency ban. There's actually deck lists that are due tonight for this big tournament. So there's just no way they could come out and say, okay, we're banning this card. It would just be too disastrous. So this is actually a very balanced um, idea. And I'm I'm curious to see the, what the MC will look like, how many Golos decks get registered, uh, how does yeah how does things shake out, and what does that mean October twenty first? So I'm pretty curious. I like I actually like that this happened. So grabbing my tinfoil hat here real quick, do you think that with this announcement, do you think a ban on the twenty first is one hundred percent to happen, or is this like a cautionary like we're gonna wait and see, and if something doesn't need to happen, they're gonna let it fly? Or do you think that they've already decided to ban something? No, I actually think I'm laughing because I had an analogy in my head. You know when um, you know when your mom says to bring a sweater, but you don't really want to, but you bring it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is this is mom saying to bring a sweater. Like they're they're making the idea like, hey, there we can make an announcement on the 21st if we want to, <laughs> and instead of fast forward two weeks. Golos is all over the MC. It's just too much. It's oppressive. And then Monday they make an emergency banding on the. This at least looks a little like, look, we prepared. We told you to bring a sweater. <laughs> so I think that it it is not. I would not jump and start selling all my four dollar field of the dead. I actually don't know how much they're worth, but I would not start selling off. I don't think it's that kind of situation. I think it's just a very cautionary, like, hey, we want a chance to reevaluate. Because they have so many competitive tournaments in the next two months. So they just want to take a chance to, to look at some stuff. I think you kind of said it right there. Was like, they they don't want to have this MC be MC Golos. And then go to a, the next MC, like in, you know, a few weeks after that going, okay, it's MC Golos again. Being that, they, that they're pushing to be an eSport to be watched by, you know, you know, th- you know, thousands of people, uh, hopefully hundreds of thousands of people. Um, but uh, you're not going to get that if you see the same deck every single round. So if if Golos comes in and is the best deck and we see it just dominating everything, they can get rid of it. And if it's not and they see something that is beating it, they can just go, hey, something can beat it. So we'll see that at the next MC. Sent, can we can we just have is there was there any Magic the Gathering card in history that had the, the name Hammer? In it, can we just have something? It's like Hammer of Dawn. Hammer of Bogarden. Hammer, Hammer of Porphyros. Hammer of Porphyros. Yes. Yes, I knew a card. We need a new hammer that can dominate standard, just so we can call that Mythic Championship MC Hammer. Like that. They have one. That it's needs called Embercleave. We need. Here we go. Embercleave is the, the next thing. There's that, that hammer that costs one mana. Oh, Embercleave the... costs two mana sometimes. Yeah, the hammer that's like equipped something gets plus ten, plus ten, and loses flying, and it's a oh, cost yeah. is ridiculous. Wait, is that a hammer? It looks, yeah, well, it's a huge, isn't it a what sledgehammer? Else? Yeah, it's a <laughs> massive sledgehammer. Is isn't that in Modern Horizons? True. But any, or is that in Standard? No, or it's is in that Standard. in M20? Yeah, it's in M20. Oh. I know, because, uh, you know, I wanted to play it uh, during one of uh, one of my limited events, and when I played it, I said, stop, <laughs> hammer time, and I put the card on the table. And uh, no one really said. did stopped. you say please? <laughs> I didn't need to, because it was a hammer. That's why. I just hammered it down and said, stop, hammer time. That's the way it should be. The other good thing about... Wait, about, Brasky, I just want to know, uh, how long have you been holding that story in <laughs> for this podcast? The like, second, you have a secret. 
no. set of notes that just says really funny jokes like involving like hammer time. It's true. I just have a constant set of sticky notes that I have pasted okay. around all of my screens. Do you, do you want us to pause while you take that one down? Oh, oh no, because there's like there's two notes on that one note, and I know that you know oh, that joke's okay. gonna come yeah, back at some point. Yeah, I know Let that. I, know to, that I gotta hammer that home at some point, and then it's gonna be great. <laughs> I spend most of my time just writing on these notes and then scratching them off, going, "Nah, that'll never work." And then this podcast provides me the opportunity to do those things. Dang, I think you could say you nailed that one. Zing! <laughs> I'm really glad we're we're here to give you this platform, Rasky. It's true. I feel a little tricked, but that's okay. That's the only reason I got to be a part of this podcast was to make use of all of my puns and jokes. That's the only reason, right? Uh, there's, there's many reasons to be, um, hopeful, optimistic, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, pensive about this ban and restricted announcement. Um, you know, quick takes from everybody. What, what do you think gets banned? Uh, or do we see more than just a standard ban? Do we see something from modern as well? Uh, what do you, what, what do you think gets banned? Um, personally, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something go from the Golo stack. Um, but that is very dependent on what we see at the MC, but from something like modern, I could definitely see something like Mox Opal. It's a card that they've been looking at for a long time. With the rise of these Urza decks, um, I would all, I wouldn't be surprised to see Moxobel finally get that little push over the limit, and then finally getting banned there. Even though maybe you know you can argue that Urza is the problem uh, from those decks. And then also there's like you know Popper is a format that people play a lot. You basically can't play any Popper decks without playing with uh, Arkham's Astrolabe. That card is a pretty big problem there. Also. Ephemerate is another card that is uh, kind of dominating with both of those two uh, cards in most decks or in the best decks in, in the format. And then also going all the way back to Vintage, um, Vintage has some of the most powerful cards and some of the most powerful cantrips. And a card like Narset has been just kind of wrecking the uh, the Vintage format. So I could see something like Narset coming out of there. And um, a Legacy, I mean, I could see some cards getting an argument to get banned in there. But I'm I'm not too huge on the legacy scene, so I won't make any comments there. But I've seen people ask for like Ren and Ren and Six, because uh, it like recurs wastelands and it makes you not want to play like your duels. Yeah, interesting on the vintage ban. Someone actually tweeted at Wizards is like, "Hey, we have Eternal Weekend like pretty close to the 21st. Can you just give us a heads up on whether or not there's going to be a vintage ban?" And Wizards was like, "100% not going to be a change to vintage." Wow, so Sean is very up-to-date on current events. Breaking news. I understand. <laughs> I thought that was very strange how they're very active on Twitter. I know they're doing a lot better job about this recently, but it was really interesting to see them like jump on Twitter and be like, you, sir, there will be no vintage changes. That was very interesting to me. Okay, small tangent. I do agree that that is very great. As the person, if you were the one who got the tweet... Like, if you tweeted and you got a direct response from Wizards that tells you this information, that's great. What about the thousand other people that aren't on your Twitter feed? Like, I find situations like that frustrating because it's great that they're sharing information, but it's very frustrating that it doesn't necessarily reach everybody. And mm -hmm. I think in this exact scenario, like, it would be nice if there was a follow-up, like a retweet from Wizards that said, hey, FYI, this is something we answered today. This is a piece of information that we gave out. Uh, I can't, sadly, I can't remember the details, but during the last big announcement about the um, MPL and mini MPL and all this stuff, a lot of questions got answered and they got answered on Twitter threads. And 
I actually made a request to to put these answers somewhere, like in um, uh, in a Q and A or a frequently asked question or in an article. Because as much as I love being on Twitter, I can't be everywhere, and I, and I missed some stuff, and and a lot of people miss them. So it would be nice if there was an extra step that communicated only certain things. Like I believe this is quite important to say, hey, this is the thing we're telling people. I wanted to bring up something as well that, that actually happened with this announcement that they had this Monday. Um, one of the things that got me was they, whenever they ban something, they always have a article that explains why something got banned and you know what effects they, they hope to accomplish when they ban something. But when they don't do anything, I'm, I'm interested why there was like nothing else, right? It wasn't like, we're not making any changes and here's why. And, you know, they, they don't they don't give you any explanation. And I just wish that that was something that they would go over. Be like, we're looking at the Golos decks. We see that it's all over the place on Arena. We see that it's winning. And if it continues to do this, we'll continue. To do it. Like, I would like to see something like that. So it's interesting because there has been articles in the past that are exactly that. Um, I believe one of them was actually Felidar Guardian. Uh, when they announced no bannings, they actually they did write a small article that talked about analyzing things and seeing how things were going. Uh, that would turn out so well because a couple of days later they did reverse their decision. Um, but I have seen articles in the past that comment on the state of standard, the state of modern. Um, it, I, I guess technically what happens is when they're writing an article for one of the bannings, they tend to write on the other subject. So if they ban in modern, they tend to comment on standard and legacy and stuff. Um, whereas in this case, there were just no changes. Uh, I think that's a really cool piece of advice that probably never reached their ears. But if you're listening, <laughs> write an article about how great things are. Not great. <laughs> it's like it's like a state-sponsored propaganda. Everything is fine. All hail Golos. We will we will enjoy magic. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It would be nice to see. Uh, just some more inside thoughts, kind of what, what Eric's saying. Just share some information with us. I'm not on someone's Twitter feed. This is it, it particularly interesting for me coming from, you know, the other card games that I played first before jumping into Magic the Gathering because I'm the newest player of the four of us and and still seeing how uh, even though Magic the Gathering Arena is a fully digital game, it still goes hand-in-hand hand with the paper game. And so playing... Uh, playing some other all-digital games where you can simply just change the card. You can simply just say, hey, it costs more mana. Hey, uh, we can change the text in some way, shape, or form. Uh, instead, you know, you have to go and outright ban something. Uh, you know, you have to just say, you know what, it, you, can't, you can't play it in this format. Not at all. It's not available to you in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's just kind of the, that just kind of comes with the territory of being a paper game along with a digital game. And so it's really interesting. I'm very, at the very least interested to see, uh, just what happens, uh, when you completely get rid of a card or cards from the standard format and how much it really shakes up the meta. Cause the only, my only experience with that in magic, in magic arena, I should say, uh, is when Nexus of Fate got banned from best of one. And everyone was super happy except me because I love playing Nexus of Fate and Best of One because I'm a terrible person. But um, I, I'm going to be very interested to see what comes about that. Sorry, did we know this? I don't know if I would have done a podcast knowing this information ahead of time. Yeah, it's something I hide from people until, you know, much like my, my terrible jokes, I don't reveal to people that I played Nexus of Fate and Best of One. Um, you know, it just it, it's just a, it, it's a thing about me that I wasn't proud of. 
Um, but here we are, and I've learned from my you mistakes. You sounded pretty damn proud. Well, you know, you get it, you move on. If there was another Nexus of Fate type deck, who knows if I would play it? I'm just, I'm just a, a sleazy, sleazy combo player. That's all I do. There's a lot of things to be made from this discussion. There's a lot of things to look at uh, with it, and I know we're all going to be really interesting, and we're all we're going to be super interested to talk to each other, to talk to our teammates, to talk to our friends about what happens when that announcement comes on the 21st. But there's still a lot that happens between then uh, and now. And uh, in the meantime, we're still going to be playing all the things that we want to play. We're going to be playing all the formats that we want to play. And we want to do it with our friends and teammates. And uh, I know, speaking from experience for me, in terms of, you know, uh, what has it been like to play Magic the Gathering with others, with your friends, with uh, teammates? I really dove deep into the standard sealed format for Throne of Eldraine. And I have been having an absolute blast uh, learning really kind of the, the subtle differences between... Uh, the differences between a limited format like draft and a limited format like sealed, uh, just how the decks are built, how the gameplay goes out there. So I was spending a lot of time uh, opening my my sealed packs and then crafting a deck and then reaching out to uh, my you know little my my friends, my teammates over in the Magic team of Sogoy and having them look at what I was making and giving me really really good feedback about uh, the decks I created and it helped me know. Uh, that I put some good things together, whether that was like uh, Astrotech, uh, Arthur, uh, you know, jumped in, or um, uh, Juan, you know, uh, Billy Han kind of jumped in as well. And they gave me some really good insight uh, about the choices I made that were good, the things I might have missed. And in doing that, I was able to really improve, uh, I think, my sealed gameplay. And uh, I had some good good spots in Arena. I went 6-3 and three in one, and at 7-1 seven, seven and one in another, I went 7-2 and two in another as well. And that's the first time I've really had that kind of consistent, uh, consistent success uh, playing sealed, and it was all because uh, people took the time, my friends took the time, uh, who were more experienced than me, to showcase to me uh, not just what to do, but why to do it. And I've had a really, really good time with that. Um, what about the rest of y'all? What's something you've done uh, interacting with your teammates or playing with friends, whether that be you know beating the Golos Mirror or playing Modern or doing something else? Um, I mean, this week and during our team meeting, um, unfortunately the the other the other two members of the the podcast uh did not get to join that meeting for various reasons uh we did do a little bit of a coaching session uh the the player was chosen at random and the coaches uh like the main the the head coaches as you will uh were chosen at random as well and everybody else was kind of like an assistant coach um and it was just like really cool to have like an open discussion of like why someone was going to make the the play um, that they were going to make and then having like the coaches kind of discussing, you know, whether or not that play was good, whether like why they would have like you know, made, made a different play. Um, it was like a really, really cool experience to kind of just like see how everybody's mind worked and kind of like ironing out everybody's play. Um, and then the other thing we also did was we watched uh, Brandon and Ben um, play while doing a little bit of standard testing and we we're kind of just in the background watching them and, kind of understanding what's going on in the in the Golos mirror and then other decks versus versus Golos because obviously that's the deck that everybody wants to target right now. Um, and just like learning the ins and outs of, you know, how to beat Golos or how to beat decks with Golos. And I think it was like really, really cool um, just to like kind of hang out, chat with each other, talk about magic, learn how each person plays, how you would make it plays differently, which, you know, maybe even which one's worse, which one's better. It doesn't really matter. It's just like kind of like seeing the outcomes of each each decision. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that has been really helpful to me, um, being able to be part of that discussion and listen 
in on both sides of even something as simple as a mirror match. Mirror matches are in the past have been really tough for me because knowing that I, I'm the kind of person who always tries to find a mirror breaker and sometimes there's just not one. And I don't really know what the mirror breaker for the Golos mirror is yet, but um, I've seen a lot of crazy things being tried and a lot of them seem pretty suboptimal. I even saw that, oh, what is it called? Lord of the Sky gives all your zombie creatures, your zombie tokens flying, I think. So I really... or five mana? It's a limited bomb. It's like four mana at a mass twos or masses for two, and then it makes all your zombies fly. So um, it just kind of, I love hearing and seeing those kinds of things being tested. Um, Cause I'm a big fan of like just diving into gather and finding really obscure cards. So it's really cool seeing those things being tried. And I've been trying to do a good job of not playing something, not registering bad cards without at least testing them. Like I have done in the past. So objection (laughs) sean when we went to gp denver what card did you play in your sideboard in which deck didn't you play the the pirate the flash pirate the cut purse yes yeah that card was insane what are you talking about what does the card do for our listeners at home okay I, I can't remember the exact test but text. It was like a four mana two two with flash where if they created a token, it came into play under your control. Well and that this turn. Is, yeah, yeah, that turn. Okay. So they would scape shift and in response to the either you would let them put all the triggers on the you would let them put all the triggers on the stack, and then you'd flash the card in and you'd get all their tokens. It was really cool. All right. Yes. Again, didn't test it very much, but I'm trying not to do that. You just, I, I only wanted to object to your statement that you only do Sean it. Sean has changed a lot since that, Denver. Yeah, that was yeah, like was two so months ago. ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a whole standard ago, all right? Okay, Sean, I got this for you. I have some cards that I borrowed from Sean for someone. And you still have those. I haven't given them back by accident. So here's the deal. If yeah, accident. The next tournament, Quote, unquote, accident. The next tournament, if you successfully... Don't like if you register a card that you have tested and or you don't register a card that you haven't tested, I will give you these cards back. <laughs> the best part is I'm building Druid and it has I'm trying to get it all signed now instead Does of foils. It, yeah, it has three copies of Veil of the Summer and sideboard. Well, and we only signed two. Oh no, I need him to sign a third one then. <laughs> But it's funny because I was like, oh, I have these LSV signed Veil of Summers. Thank God. So I get well, to play those in my sideboard. At this point, you have to tell the story. I think you can't not tell it. <laughs> All right. You're a better storyteller than me. So why don't you take it off and I'll jump in every once in a while. Sure. So GP Denver uh, was the first, one of the first major tournaments that had uh, Scape Shift and uh, Field of the Dead. And the morning of the tournament, uh, LSV needed some cards. Uh, and one of them included Veil of Summer. Um, and I actually texted our group. I said, hey, I have my deck together because I'm great. And Eric gave me most of the cards. But um, Luis doesn't. Does anyone have these cards? And Sean said, yes. But if he borrows them, he has to sign them. And I believe planning-wise, Sean meant after. He meant <laughs> borrow, return, and sign them. But for some reason, I made Luis sign them before he played with them. <laughs> So all weekend, Luis would cast, I think it was more than just Veil of Summer. 
but it he would definitely of- cast these cards that were just signed by him in his own deck while he was playing in the tournament. And it was he had to explain a lot why he did this. Um, and it was very funny. It was just a very good... Luis, I don't know if you know, ended up winning that tournament. So it was a very funny little <laughs> bonus to his weekend where he had to explain why he had his own signed cards in his deck. Uh, and then he gave them back to me, and I have yet to Sean. He even gave me a little bit of shout-out on uh, Twitter, so that was really cool. Yeah, that was that was a very cool weekend. That was really great. Yeah, Denver was a lot of fun. Also had a lot of good food. That's the best part about traveling is eating. I love to eat. <laughs> That's the best part of traveling in any way, shape, or form. Is just and, and especially when you have people there that know where the good restaurants are, right? They know the good places to go to, right? That's the exact thing that you need. You always need to know somebody that's like, hey, where do I go for these spots? And they tell you the good places to eat, not just like, oh, you know, this stuff that you find uh, on any, like Yelp or anything else that you find. You you need to find the good stuff. Um, For that tournament, Gabby actually released on Twitter like a reference guide for Denver. Um, And I've even been to other cities where locals have like guides or advice someone once wrote me like a whole document like it was broken down by like quantity of food and quality of food and whether or not caroline would like it because i have things and it was like a whole spreadsheet that they gave me so people love giving food recommendations i love it if you have recommendations to send to us about uh, wherever the next mythic championships are happening or maybe the next scg tour you can let us know by tweeting at swagoi gaming s-w-a-g-o-i gaming and let us know hey uh, if you're going to be playing Magic in this area, you have to hit up this bar, hit up this restaurant, all the different things so that we uh, can then review it properly on this podcast. We will give it the full rundown uh, like we would any Magic tournament or any big developments in the game. We'll also talk about the great travels and restaurants that we visit as well. I'm heading to GB Phoenix soon, so if that hashtag can include specifically Phoenix, that would be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure there's Chipotle's in Phoenix. Mm. Uh Okay. Is there a Jimmy John's? <laughs> you guys don't know this about me. My favorite restaurant, or my favorite fast food that tends to get people very riled up. Is what? Jimmy John's. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. No. So that You didn't say Chipotle. No. <laughs> I will. I don't get behind the Jimmy John's. Yeah. yeah I, it's a very polarizing opinion. It's the nexus of fate of fast food. <laughs> it really is. Some people really love Steak and Shake, and I've had more than one bad um, dining experience there. So now when people say we want to go to Steak and Shake, I just refuse to give them another penny. I will never go to Steak and Shake again. If I you can refuse to give your friends another penny or Steak no. and Shake? <laughs> steak and Shake. No, oh, okay. Cool. It made it seem like you were paying your friends. To- so I, wasn't- <laughs> <laughs> I will pay for everyone's dinner as long as we don't have to go to Steak and Shake. Snap call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a lot of things that we'll do in the future, one of them not being steak and shake. Uh, But there's a lot of things that we're going to do going forward to help make sure that uh, not only are we well fed, but we're also getting better at the game, which is why we always like to talk about a little bit um, how we like to uh, kind of learn it, how we, uh, as we like to say, how how do we get lit? Uh, So to kind of focus on this, what are the things that we're focusing on this week to get better at magic? And uh, I'll start it off, you know, for me, uh, it's been really, as I said, learning the differences between sealed and between draft uh, and kind of uh, realizing that they're very different formats, even though they're both limited. And I've kind of realized that, um, you know, sealed compared to draft is really um, you know, a much grindier game. It's really uh, one where 
in draft, you can really draft around specific synergies, and in sealed, you just kind of have to find the tiny synergies and kind of piece and patchwork together a deck. Uh, and as such, the games go longer, and they really kind of get drawn out a little bit more. Um, but it also really shows you to not just get trapped into the the six rares or mythic rares that you open up. Really look at what the cards what cards are available to you, what you can put together, and how uh, how good that can be. Um, what about the rest of y'all? Eric, what have you been doing to get better at Magic this week? Uh, so like I said before, I playing on the SCG Tour, you don't play a lot of Limited. Uh, I am going to have to be starting to play a lot of Limited because the MC does include, hopefully for myself, six rounds of draft. Um, so I've just been playing a ton of it, learning um, how the format has changed since I've played it last, learning the synergies um, between all of the different colors, all the different uh, types of decks that are available, whether it be like the food deck or the uh, the adventure decks or artifacts matter, artifact enchantment, I should say, matters. Just like kind of seeing if there's like, also if there's any like non-synergy decks that can kind of just get there. One of the cool drafts that I actually had was um, Ginger Brute, I believe is the name of the card. It's the colorless 1-1 one, one with haste. You can make it uh, unblockable except for by other creatures with haste. I actually drafted a deck behind that card that had all that glitters and the land. I'm not going to remember the name of it. If you control three or more planes, you get a plus one, plus one counter on a creature. Um, and just like basically pumping up my uh, ginger brutes. The deck was like good. It was okay. I went two and one with it. It was on MTGO. Um, but I don't think it's like a strategy I would explore anymore. But I'm glad that I did because, you know, maybe that would have been a, a deck that I could have like, you know, snagged at the MC because people other people didn't know about it where other people do know about like the food deck and the adventure deck and so forth. It's all about trying new things. That's what we like to see. Caroline, what about you? Uh Eric, I will say that has happened. I know that at least quite publicly this last MC that had uh, Modern Horizons cards. Um I know that Sam Black and the team that they tested with ended up in kind of drafting a pretty unique mill deck. Um, that included Stream of Thoughts, which existed and was around, but this was like a pretty uh, new take on the deck. And and it was pretty cool to see uh, everyone in that team kind of do quite well in the draft format. So that that is a strategy, and it's pretty cool. Uh, things I have been working on. Um, I, <laughs> I like Arena. I like playing it. I uh, stream it with friends. I play a game here or there. Uh, but I have not made Mythic before, and mostly out of, to be polite, out of boredom. It's just very hard to play that many games in a month. I just have a lot of other stuff going on. Um, so I'm trying to encourage myself to get there this month. It's early on. I have, you know, the rest of October to achieve this goal. So I'm a pretty goal-oriented person, but I need I need stepping stones. I need ladder rungs, for a better word. Uh, so I'm encouraging myself for each time I play arena. I don't want to say daily. I think that is too much, but each time I play arena, I encourage myself to make it to the next step. So if I'm at gold four, uh, try and make it to gold three by the end of the session. I'm not going to, so if I, if I get to gold three and then the next session, I go back to gold four, I'm just going to make the goal to get to gold three again. I'm not going to say, oh, I have to go all the way to two. Like I'm, this is meant more as a, casual goal as opposed to this, like thing where I'm playing till 2 a.m. in the in the darkness because I'm needed to get to my goal. I just want to give myself something like a little uh, um, advantage to, to get forward each day and hopefully 
by the end of the month I get there. And if I don't, that's also fine. Um, there's a lot going on. So I, I will try this out. I will try to get mythic. The League of Legends mindset. You just got to keep going. <laughs> that was the thing back in League of Legends. You would like, you would be gold four and then you get to gold three and then you'd take a break and then you'd fall back to gold five. Oof. I know the feel, but, um, the one thing I was trying to work on over the last couple of weeks to try to get better is kind of what Caroline was saying was just setting goals for myself. Um, I also find myself having a hard time and sitting down and playing arena for extended periods of time. So just literally setting a timer on my phone. Like I need to play. So I need to play like an hour of arena every day and try to like stay in the loop and, I know arena is the future of magic so just making sure that i am at least playing magic or absorbing magic in some way shape or form every day because there were times where i'll just go days without really playing magic and that's not really good to you just kind of get out of the loop i guess sometimes so i just want to make sure that i'm staying up to date <laughs> yeah uh, staying up to date with magic so making sure i play every day and then uh, making it a good habit to read articles when i have time and you know, watch videos, just absorb as much information as I can, more so than I have been in the past. Small attainable goals. That's the big thing, everybody. Just you don't have to go out there and say, I'm gonna I'm gonna conquer the standard world or I'm gonna jump to mythic this month. Just give yourself one goal and try to hit it. And as long as it's a if you think it's attainable, it's a great goal to have. Uh and that's it, it gives you something to look forward to. And there's actually a lot to look forward to uh in the world of Magic the Gathering. There's a whole lot of different events that are coming up. Uh, Caroline, why don't you give us the quick rundown of some of the, the big things that are going to be happening here, month of October and uh, and maybe beyond. Yeah, so one thing I noticed, we always start off our week and we talk about things that happened in the past. Um, and I wanted to take this opportunity near the end of our episode to talk about things that were are going to be happening in the future. Um, so one thing I think if you're super interested in standard, you're very interested in this Golos problem. Um, I think something to tune into each week is fandom on twitch.tv slash fandom, she says with confidence. Um, they do a standard tournament with 16 streamers every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, also with confidence. Uh, d- double check those, please make sure. But uh, either way, I think these are really interesting tournaments, especially this Thursday and, the fall- and next Thursday. Um, I'm curious to see if we will see uh, players playing with their MC decks, if we'll see players purposely not playing with their MC decks. I think it'll be a really interesting puzzle. Um, The following weekend, so October 18th to 20th, is Mythic Championship 5. This will be the big arena tournament. This will have 60 competitors, uh, some MPL, some not. Um, That will all be standard, and that will take over place over three days. Mm -hmm. Three days. Uh, And then the following weekend, so the third weekend, uh, GP Phoenix will be October 25th and 20th to 27th, sorry, I think I have the date wrong, 25th to 27th, and I will be there for a sealed on day one and a draft, hopefully, fingers crossed, on day two. I'm pretty excited. I don't always get to go to Grand Prix anymore. They've kind of changed the incentive, but I'm excited to go to Phoenix. And that's kind of what I have, or what we all have coming up in October, what we can look and keep an eye on. Awesome. Anything that uh, anyone's going to keep an eye on, or if uh, is anyone going to be participating in any of these other events besides Caroline? Depending on if how far of a drive Phoenix is, I was thinking about going, but since I live in the Midwest, if it's under 16 hours, I'll probably be going. 
Uh, the other thing I was going to say was along with fandom, there's also E-League. Um, the E-League is going to be a little different. They record on uh, they record on Sundays, but the the they broadcast on Wednesday. So like for for instance, this week you would probably won't see people playing their MC deck lists, but uh, next week you might see something like that because the I believe like all the deck lists will have been turned in. You can't an- iron out anything after that. Uh, the only uh, advantage you'd be giving up would be people might see how other people attack your specific deck, um, but. I would assume that people, if they they want to be incentivized to win as many games as possible, they would just play whatever they think is the best deck um, for something like E-League or even the fandom. Love it. Love everything about it. There's so much going on. There's so much to look forward to. And I know that uh, we're all going to be looking forward to having everyone here again next week to talk about all the new developments in Magic the Gathering. Every other part, maybe will maybe the ban and restricted announcement will be even earlier. Maybe it's just going to happen just like that, and we'll see what exactly will happen to this awesome game. Well, that's going to do it for us with this episode, uh, but we will be back next week, of course, to talk more about uh, Magic the Gathering, about Standard, about Modern, about Sealed, about Legacy. Who knows what we'll talk about? Uh, if you have ideas of things that you would like to see us talk about, let us know. Tweet at us, at Swagoi Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming. And uh, if you want to learn more about our organization, you can visit us at swagoi.com. And, of course, you can find all of our different members uh, at various corners of the internet. So uh, let's start with you, Sean. Sean, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet, you can find me on Twitter at, at Mr. Toolshed, and then on Facebook, you know, my name, Sean Gallagher, nothing fancy, um, nothing like click Caroline. So, <laughs> Caroline, where can people find you at? Um, it's at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. Um I also stream on twitch.tv slash the mighty linguini. And recently, I forgot to add it to this, I joined Instagram. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram at, at the mighty linguini, I think, because I wanted consistency. I'm not sure. Um, I will say the reason I'm excited about Instagram is because I enjoyed the style of tweets I did on my pre release weekend, where I was constantly updating little bits and fun little things. But I realized Twitter isn't great for that. So I ended up doing similar things on Instagram with my board game convention. So I love story mode and I will definitely, at least for Grand Prix and events. So three places, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Eric, what about you? I stream on Wednesdays. I didn't say that. Sorry. I stream on Wednesdays, which is today. So I'm actually streaming tomorrow. My bad. Thursday. I'm streaming tomorrow, Thursday. Eric, how about you? Uh, People can find me at Conan Hawk on Twitter. I also stream Monday through Friday on twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. And as Caroline uh, reminded me, I'm also on Instagram at Conan Hawk. I do not do a very good job of keeping up with Instagram, but basically whenever I take a picture of one of my cats, uh, either Winnie or Luna, they will be up on there. So if you want to see adorable pictures of adorable cats, you can also go on my Instagram. Insta follow. Absolutely. If it's adorable cats, I'm jumping right on that. And, of course, uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142. So that's going to do it for us this week. We will see everyone next week for another awesome episode of Friends in Magic. See you later, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.